The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. So North-South Connection Podcast Network and YouTube audience, my name is Johnny C, and I'd like to welcome you to the 21st, my God, old enough to, to drink and deal with all that, but it's the multiverse of fabulousness here on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. Uh, I want to go ahead and get started because there's no time to waste. I want to bring in my co-host, uh, the man who I'd love to share a shamrock shake with because it is the month of March. And Mr. Keithy Langston, March fabulousness has taken over the globe. Well, the malt, this, this little globe. Keith, how the hell are you? Uh, I will say that March fabulousness is so much better than March madness. Oh, for uh, sure. And I am thrilled. I am excited, happy, and thrilled that I get to contribute to the March fabulousness, uh, what the world has come to, because if anybody out there hasn't already listened to last year's March fabulousness, stop what you're doing, uh, preferably even stop breathing, and go and listen to that, because it is gold. It is, seriously, it is intellectual gold from the mind of madness i love it it was it was fantastic and so i am thrilled to be able to contribute to the sequel well with that segue we're going right into it now yes it's an annual tradition here on the multiverse of fabulousness the march fabulousness (laughs) tournament okay so what keith was mentioning last year i did this with the wonderful jake williams who appears every other tuesday on the north south connection podcast network with the ruthlessly aggressive podcast which covers i don't i don't know what do you think the fucking ruthlessly aggressive era of professional wrestling And when we do the multiverse of fabulousness, we have to travel to what we call the dark multiverse, where all of the nightmares of reality come Mm -hmm. to existence. Last year, the dark multiverse gave us a planet where the only thing we cared about in the world of professional wrestling were the skits and the sketches. And we had to determine which one of them was the most fabulousness through a 32T or 32, uh, you know, item tournament. We're doing the exact same thing this year with a twist. We found a planet in the dark multiverse where the most important wrestlers of all time are not who you would traditionally think of as your main event talent or the most important (laughs) characters in wrestling history. So this year, we've got 32 different characters from across the professional wrestling multiverse battling to the death in a tournament. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a little presentation for you as well. So, folks, I don't like, well, I don't really have, I was going to say I don't like to say this because I like to, the podcast to be something you can listen to literally at any time. Okay, you're waiting in line at McDonald's, you're fucking killing time before your next class. Um, you're taking a shit. 
Okay, but I would recommend fully. I, I, I guess you know the director's cut is going to be on YouTube with the special presentation. All right. That being said, Keith, I, I've been rambling, but are are you ready the game? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Hopefully. Also, internet... wait. I think you want to let everybody know that I have no idea. Oh, thank you. What you were about to show me as well, right? Yeah, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh, yeah, yes, hell of a drug. Just as we did with last year. Okay, Keith has has not seen any of this shit. All right. In fact, in fact, you said I posted something in our Skype chat. Don't look yeah, at don't, it. Don't fuck with. I think there was like six exclamation points too. Now, if it's not funny, we're gonna learn in real time because <laughs> Keith will react to it. So. Yeah. It is March Fabulous is to the sequel, named after Airplane 2, the sequel, and it's, you know, what the world has come to. Uh, Keith, as I explained, you should be seen now, uh, hopefully. Just a quick technology check because I'm an amateur. Do you yeah. see the next slide? Oh, and I should note, yes, this generic slide presentation is yeah. uh, does have a theme, and there's a reason it looks like shit. I okay? just love that. I, I love that it... <laughs> I'm just trying to think of when you put this together, whether or not you, uh, whether or not there's some 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 papers left on your desk at work <laughs> that have not been completed yet. <laughs> so there's there's 32 characters. It's yeah. single elimination, and yeah. after we do the presentation, we'll go to the brackets. All right. Okay. It's to determine who is the most fabulousness. What does fabulousness mean? Mm -hmm. That is up to the listener. Okay. That is up to the tournament competitor. So uh -huh. if you want to play along at home, please mm -hmm. do so with your own bracket. Mm -hmm. Now, as I mentioned, it, the presentation looks like shit because it's based after. <laughs> Did everybody, everybody get to hear of that? <laughs> it's based after. Didn't we? We talked about this last episode a lot, right? Yeah, it's based off the Starcade stats of a Colonel the Clerk. Uh, Starcade 90, Jim Ross is obsessed with the Starcade uh. stats. He's like, uh, we can see the Starcade stats. Uh, you better put a put a star put a stats. It's like his baby, and he desperately wants to get it over. Oh boy! <laughs> so okay. the presentation's supposed to look like it's from 1990. Oh good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it looks actually. You know what it looks like? It looks it looks it, a little it bit looks, of place. It looks like the 2023 version of a 1990s uh, PowerPoint presentation. Good. Of course, <laughs> you can see the multiverse. Mm -hmm. So, without further ado. Let's take a look at the fabulousness stats. Okay. Now, the 32 names were put into a hopper, and they were seated at random. Okay. So, round one, match one. Do you see the fabulousness stats? I do. The number one seed oh, in God. the tournament. Oh. oh. Glacier. Oh. Now, Keith, you're not oh. looking at the fabulousness stats. Oh, okay. Let's, what do we know about Glacier? He's potentially... <laughs> Sub-Zero's brother, the crowd, and blood ran cold. <laughs> and the status of him having ice powers remains to this day unconfirmed. Uh, unconfirmed if he, had, if he had ice powers. <laughs> now, uh, for those of you not watching, Keith had a negative reaction to Glacier, who is randomly the number one seed. But when it happened, I was like, this is, this is glorious. This is exactly what you want, right? Okay. Now he's taking on the number 32 seed, which I also think works. Oh, 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 boy. The number 32 <laughs> seed is Fantasio. What are you I doing? I believe is how his name is pronounced. Now, let's take a look at the fabulous stats, though, Keith, because you may be wrong in your laughter. Uh, potentially a user of magic. Mm -hmm. 
during the one match that Fantasio is in, ladies and gentlemen, I watched it on YouTube. He throws some fucking uh, uh, streamers shades of like Ring of Honor, and mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon says, and I quote, "It's Spider Man," <laughs> and I fucking laughed so hard. He also said, "This guy's good." This guy's good. Joy <laughs> stealing. And Fantasio also enjoys stealing bloomers as he wins via a uh, boxer short steal and schoolboy. Now, Keith, I'm done. I've talked okay. about it too much. Thoughts? Um, I mean, if I'm good, so now, am I am I expecting? Am I pretending that these are two? Am I just going? I'm just going based off of fabulousness, right? Fabulousness. So it has nothing to do with like in ring ability or whether right. or not I think one of these is going to beat the other, right? So let me let me. Tell you, and I'm I'm playing along. I've done my bracket. I'm not going to go into deep explanation. Only on this one. Maybe yeah. it'll help you understand how I yes. interpret fabulousness. Okay. Yes. In my bracket, the winner is Fantasio. Ah. Now, he wasn't the winner until I watched his match, and it was when Gorilla Monsoon said, "Oh, he's Spider-Man." It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life, and I can't think of one Glacier thing that made me feel as happy as I felt when I discovered that awful, hilarious quote and moment. So, Fantasio is the most fabulousness to me. Mm. I'd want more of him. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I believe Glacier's the guy that we had, like, a ton of vignettes for. Yep. And, like, it was always like, he's coming. Yes. And so for me, that kind of takes the cake and that wins overall because the mere fact that we had to wait so long for nothing is <laughs> just it, that's fabulousness to me. <laughs> and don't forget, he also had a stable of Mortal Kombat villains to fight with and then later team with who were also modeled as like ninja characters. Exactly. So he, he became he became as the Bruce Bruce Spitzer would say an attraction. Yes, right. Yes. So I would go with Glacier on this. All right, so I do have an official bracket that's off camera. It'll be on camera a little bit later. Hopefully you didn't just see it. No, I did not. All right, so as our good friend Jim Ross would say, it's time to move on to the next match of fabulousness. Oh. The number 17 Oh, your your friend. Is Colonel DeClerc. You Uh, love Colonel DeClerc. From the South African contingent uh, at Starcade 90. Uh, now, let's take a look at the fabulousness facts. Colonel uh, Clerk, South African with a question mark. Mm-hmm. I believe he's from Brooklyn. South Africa? He, he is public enemy number one, again with a question mark, because Colonel Clerk would later on go on to be Rocco Rock, one half of public enemy. Uh, and our last fabulousness stat, uh, it, question mark again, is he a soldier of fortune? Is that the gimmick? Okay. All right. He's taking on the number 16 seed. Wow. Uh, hmm. NWO Sting. Now, let's take a look at the fabulous stats. NWO Sting is like Sting, but he's in the NWO. He somehow fooled every WCW announcer. However, he won a War Games match, and he didn't just—he wasn't just on the team. He got the submission, and I couldn't fit on here because there wasn't enough room. Um, He. That that victory in Fall Brawl is used by Tony Schiavone all the time when he can't think of a reason why the NWO should be allowed to do something. That's pretty fabulous for being awful. Mm-hmm. So, Keith, I'm done. What you got? I got NWO Sting in this match. And okay. the reason why I was, I'll explain is because of all the fake imitators that have been Sting over the years, uh, the only two I can think of are Barry Windham and Jeff Farmer. Uh, Jeff Farmer takes the cake. <laughs> oh, for sure. 
Yeah, uh, Barry Windham. That's at uh, the Halloween that's Havoc right before Halloween Star Havoc 90. 90. Yeah, that's right. Oh God, the Halloween Havoc stretch. Uh, those don't exist though. All right, I picked, and I'll just be quick. Carter the clerk. I don't need to say anything else. I'm sure everybody knows why. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we're breezing through this quicker than I thought, you know, because our Royal Rumble was like three hours. That was a great that was a great episode, though. Oh, it was I I'm was. still I'm still telling people about that. Um, That Two was a good. Later. Well, it gets a shout out in this episode. Spoiler alert. Oh, good. All right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at our next uh, fabulousness stats. All right. Battle Cat. Yeah. Number nine seed. Pretty healthy seed considering the randomization. Battle Cat. Mm hmm. Uh, Keith, you think we should take a look at the fabulousness stats? Battle Cat wrestled once on TV. He faced a jobber and barely won. Mm-hmm. He was openly mocked by Monsoon, as Gorilla yep. Monsoon spent most of the match selling Hulk Hogan vitamins, and even yep. the brain doesn't know what to say. He's so flabbergasted. All right, now, his opponent, Ooh. the number 24 Ooh. seed. This is bad, random seeding. Number 24, Oz. Mm. Let's take a look at the, the FS. He's a massive financial investment. Welcome to Oz. Welcome to Oz. All right, I'm not going to do it anymore because people fight them, punch themselves. And, of course, the most important of the fabulous in stats. Look at the adjective. Oz. So, Keith, oh. who, who do we – and take your time. Anything, you, anything that you have to think about, do it. Like, I'm not trying to rush you. The floor and the oyster, the world is your oyster. <clears throat> um. Okay, so. Hmm. Look at the masks. Yeah, I remember seeing a lot of Battle Cat, uh, I, I guess, advertisements. Because I don't really remember any vignettes, but I remember seeing him, like, all over WWF Magazine. And he was in the... Um, <clears throat> the trading cards that came out that year, that set. In fact, I believe this picture you have is from one of the trading cards. Um, oh yeah, well, I own the no, I just I own this picture in case anyone's wondering. Okay, you do? No, I was just trying to get past the YouTube content blockers. Oh good. Um, oh, but fucking Oz, man! Oh my There's god. <clears throat> I mean, he came out with Kevin Sullivan as the. I know. And there was the vignette with all the characters from the Wizard of Oz, Keith. And then Look he take, wait, and then he takes the hat and the mask off, and he's got it's Kevin Nash with the green hair and oh wait, the green beard and silver hair, or is it green hair and silver beard? Very colorblind. You're asking yeah. the wrong guy. I, I I would think it was I think it's the silver hair and the green beard. Um Oof. I'm gonna go with, and I'm gonna go with, I think an upset. I'm gonna say Oz. Oh, welcome to Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, I will mark that down in the tournament. And Keith, um, what's? I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you think of one thing that I always like to see whenever I do a podcast, especially when we reveal lists that neither one of us are privy to? What do I like to see? Uh, is it just the complete and utter shock on my face when that happens or that too but i'm talking about brand synergy ah okay when you and i unite as that one, is true yes don't call it an upset because i also have oz moving All on right. and it was tough because look at look at that fucking cat helmet that this man wore <laughs> all right i mean look it looks like it. it's barely staying on it's just it's it's atrocious i and and folks i 
And Keith, I don't want to speak for you, but when I finish, you probably agree. I recommend everyone go out and take a look at as much content as you can about any of these characters we're talking about. You'll have fun. Mm. If no one's fucking got it yet, this is like a mystery science theater gag. Okay. Oh, yeah. like, these are so bad that they rule. Mm-hmm. Anywho, you're moving forward. Uh, <laughs> let's take a look at the fabulous stats for our next match. The number 25 seed is Arachnaman. Let's take a look. He avoids copyright infringement. <laughs> he does whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's, I'm glad that it worked. Uh, he does whatever an arachna can, I suppose. <laughs> uh, he's better than the Candyman, though, in terms of Brad Armstrong gimmicks. But also, unfortunately, he hates the goddamn octopus man. There's a goddamn so octopus. How the hell is that octopus going to win? So that's that's hard for us personally, okay? If yes. we're being fair and un, and and unbiased. Now his opponent, though, Keith, this might be a deep oh. pull for you. To me, no. this oh, is no. amazing. Oh okay. no, I know the, the number, maestro. The number eight seed is WCW's the maestro. Uh, according to the fabulous stats, he appeared with James Brown. He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he feuded with the Cat, which is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> He's He's not Ken Shamrock, however, <laughs> which which means Alicia Webb probably won't. You know, it's uh, funny. Not Ken um, Shamrock. And then his last fabulous stat, cool question mark hair. Ooh, I don't know. This guy's not really working for me visually, <laughs> but he looks so stupid. It's hilarious. Uh, Keith, this is this is tough. I've made my choice. It's I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I mean, this isn't as difficult as the last matchup. Okay. I, I will say that the the fact that Arachnaman is wearing gold and purple just insults me on a level hitherto unseen. So based on, and of course the maestro is named after or not named after, but is shares the name with one of the best side characters on Seinfeld. So I'm going to be there. I'm (laughs) Bob Cobb. I am going with the maestro in this one. Whoa. I say, whoa, because upset city. Now this is Mark, your bracket, Keith, but I have, Arachnaman because now now hold on though hold on now now what I love about this is that I think you and I have very very similar definitions of fabulousness but we're skewed just a little bit okay your love and appreciation for the Seinfeld reference pushes it over the top if I'm correct absolutely what me for me what pushes it over the top for Arachnaman is the fact that he fucking exists all right (laughs) the maestro is a bad wrestling gimmick but we've seen, you know, occupational bad wrestling gimmicks before. Yeah. I think it's one of the worst. Mm. Uh, but Arachnaman as a concept, I mean, look at the fabulous in his stats. He exists as Arachnaman to avoid copyright infringement. So. It's so bad. To me, that gets it. But I love it. Um, it's divergent. We mm-hmm. talked about divergent in year one. So yeah. I appreciate this quite a bit. The next one, though, might be. Well, it is going to affect the tournament greatly, depending on which direction you choose. Let's take okay. a look at the fabulousness stats. Our next encounter, the number five seed, the Puerto Rican team. Oh. <laughs> now, for the, for the, like, and the picture is Bill Watts. <laughs> I yes, was like, it, Bill Watts? It's Bill Watts and Tony Schiavone. Let me explain. Now, mm-hmm. 
at the Clash of the Champions in uh, June of 1992, I think it's 19, it could be 29, it's, I think it ends on a 9, there is a tournament for the NWA World Tag Team Championships. Yes. Uh, the tournament is a seeded tournament, and the whole point is to get to Terry Bam Bam Gordy and Dr. Death, the Miracle Violence Connection, versus the Steiner Brothers in the first pay-per-view round, because only the first round is in the Clash. Now... There's a storyline, there's a show-long storyline where Doc and Gordy win their first match very easily. And they're like, come on, let's fight the Steiner Brothers. And Bill Watts is like, well, the Steiner Brothers match, the winner of the Steiner Brothers and the Puerto Rican team will face you at Great American Bash. So off camera, the Miracle Violence Connection attacks the Miracle Vi- the, Port- the Puerto Rican team via somehow forcing them to get into an auto accident. And... For the entire show, we talk about the Puerto Rican team. They don't have names, so they're unseated in the NWA Tag Team Town Tournament. These are the Favis' stats. And because of it, Bill Watts, because of the injury that happened to them, Bill Watts called for the resignation of the NWA president in a promo. The validity of there being an actual car accident is unconfirmed. And Keith, I'm starting to think the Puerto Rican team might not be real. Dun, dun, dun. And it's one of the dumbest show-long storylines in history. Their mm-hmm. opponent, the number 28 seed, know what I mean? It's Waylon Mercy. <laughs> now let's take a look at the fabulous stats. He's posing in the picture with some bemulleted fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least he didn't kill this other guy. Mm-hmm. He appeared at In Your House triple header. Yep. But unfortunately, that was held in Saginaw, Michigan. Keith, where do you land with this what? one? Wait, what's wrong with Saginaw, Michigan? So um, I've been there a few times. Um, my family used to vacation uh, in a like uh, in the little city that connects the two peninsulas of Michigan. Uh huh. And uh, I always wanted to go see a movie when we were there. And the only movie theater was in Saginaw, Michigan. And it's like a one street, like town-ish oh, thing. Yeah. Like it's very janky. Mm-hmm. It might have kitsch value. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not making fun of it if you live there. You live there. I grew up in a shit place too. But it's just the fact that there was a WWF pay-per-view held there blows my fucking mind. Okay. And it featured Waylon Mercy. Okay. Um, and you hmm. may not have any emotional connection with the Puerto Rican team. I do not, no. Since we okay. never even saw them, I do not. Um, but doesn't that make it fabulous? It does make it fabulous, yes. But, oh, God, see. Okay. Hear me out. I'm hurt, yeah. I love Waylon Mercy. I do. Oh, I, no, I, that's great. I think everything about Waylon Mercy is amazing. Fabulousness in this in, in the context of this tournament, stay true to your definition. I can't go with Waylon Mercy because, okay. and the reason why is he's, he was too good of a character. Now the one flaw with Waylon Mercy that makes him fabulousness in the, in the reason why we're doing this is that he somehow birthed the Bray Wyatt character True, <laughs> and, that, and that could ruin anything. But um, I can't, I cannot, I cannot degrade him and put him in this group. I cannot do it. I love him too much. So I'm going to go with the Puerto Rican team. All right. It is the dark multiverse. So your rationalization makes sense. It's supposed to be nightmarish. All right. So I'll adjust the official bracket and we'll move on. 
Uh, let's take a look at the fabulousness stats for our next counter. Number 21 seed, Lash LaRue. Yep. Oh, ball 90 versus Grace of Fault. Uh, right. what's it? Uh, I don't know. What's he say? Do you remember? Something Cajun. <laughs> now, according to his fabulous stats, he has stupid sideburns. Correct. <laughs> yep. He's also what the French call les incompetents. Les incompetents. Shades of Home Alone. Mm-hmm. His opponent tonight, the number 12 seed, SmackDown's Number one announcer, Shofunaki. According to the Fabulous and Stats, he's a backstage interviewer. Mm. Potential, potentially evil. Evil. And somehow, he's immune to the dreaded future endeavored syndrome. Sure. Because he survived like a cockroach. Now, I love Funaki. I love Kai and Tai. Mm-hmm. But somehow, he did survive many purges of talent. Keith, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Funaki. Okay, Funaki. And I'm saying Funaki because he's 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 the right amount of fabulousness to advance. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Whereas Lash LaRue, I think the best thing Lash LaRue ever did was, uh, didn't he go into the, yeah, he was Corporal Cajun. And, and yes. that's, that's the best thing he ever did. Other than that, you know. He's no he's no El Dandy, that's for sure. So, who are you to doubt Lash Larue? <laughs> um, so I think I forgot in the last round. I think it's pr- probably pretty obvious that, that I put the Puerto Rican team. Oh, all right. So you did select them as well, right? Keith, okay. You might appreciate this reference because I know you listened to uh, last year's. Um, they're my he's the Puerto Rican team is my version of just Jason Taruskin from oh, last God. year. Oh God! Oh God! Did you remember <laughs> Jason? Tur- I mean, since. You did? You remember Jason Taruskin? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was still watch. I was still watching when that all happened. <laughs> I'm vindicated. I feel. Of course. I, I feel seen for the first time in my life. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could see you. <laughs> I can right. see you now as well. <laughs> right. So obviously I went with uh, him, and I'm also taking SmackDown's number one announcer. Oh, now. good, good. All right. For so sure. so far we have we have synergy going on. Yeah, we do. There's a couple divergences, but that's what I like. Good. All right. So can't have the same exact bracket. No, that's no fun. One of us wins the pot at the end of the thing, the end of the tourney. Keith, would you say my catchphrase for this one? Let's take a look at what? Let's take a look at the the Starcade stats. The Starcade stats. They're goddamn Oh yes! Oh, how dare you put him in this bracket? The no- oh, come on! How dare you? This is a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Well, before we get our hair ourselves, let's let's because that plays into the fabulous of stats. Our number thirteen seed, because Jim Ross likes his seeding, is Wildfire Tommy Rich. Now that's right. He's a, he's a former NWA World Champion mm, for ninety six hours. However, Still longer than Andre the Giant uh, was a WWF champion, so yep. that's got to say something. Now, his opponent, uh, the number 20 seed, I believe, are the Flying Nuns, another tag oh, team. Boy. Now, the Flying Nuns, and again, folks, you got to watch this on the YouTubes, because the Flying Nuns, uh, seed number 20, debuted mm-hmm. on episode one of Shotgun Saturday Night. Yep. Their names are Sister Angelica and Mother Smucker. Oh, with a name like that, he's got to be good, according to Vince. And 
there's this a vignette where they leave St. Patrick's Cathedral, I think. I've never been in New York. This is one of the sad regrets of my life. Uh, they walk by a homeless lady who's now an official World Wrestling Federation character. Now, I'm not making fun of being homeless, but since I believe this might be a plant, I'm going to go with it. All right. Is so, that the homeless uh, lady in the picture? Yes, with the bags. <laughs> nice. Um, ooh. Oh, God. Well, oh. Okay, but in my defense of putting Tommy Rich on here, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to monopolize this thing, but I feel like you asked me, like, I had to respond. I feel like That's I have fine. to respond to it. Yes. Every time you're watching a WCW show, a pay-per-view, from like 88 to God knows when. And Tommy Rich comes out. Tommy Rich comes out. It's like the second match, and you're like, uh, and they're like, oh, fans, uh, Terrence Taylor, Starcade Stash, his dad's a doctor, and he uses a five arm. Who's his opponent? Tommy Rich. And it, it's so annoying. Tommy Rich did have the un, the unenviable task of being in like, the, some would say the popcorn match. I would say the piss match. Um, yeah, at, at pretty much every pay-per-view he participated in. He was, however, in the full-blooded Italians <laughs> for a man who, to my knowledge, is not even any Italian at all. No. <laughs> so He's, He also joined um, uh, the fucking Michael Wall Street. Yeah, from, he was Thomas uh, Rich for a for Yeah, a, the, the York, York Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. Uh, that's right thomas rich um right but with that being said the flying nuns are fucking garbage (laughs) so that they have have to take it in my book so you're i'm gonna advance your bracket with the flying nuns uh again so we can come to back to in the second round now think about gary michael capetta because because when the theme hit, when, it, when Tommy's theme music comes on, you don't recognize it because all WCW generic rock sounds the same. You don't associate it with the character. When he says, Wyo-fyo! that's when you feel the letdown. And it hits me hard. So I went with, Wyo-fyo, Tommy Rich. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I mean, I, his in-ring ability was was good. It was never, it was never wildfire, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I will give you that. So a little divergent on this. Absolutely, um, and that's cool. And the yep. flying nuns, of course, just for anybody out there who's uninitiated, but we are initiated. They're just the headbangers. Yeah. Which, if you had just put the headbangers on here, I probably would have said the same thing. <laughs> I was not All a right. fan of that. I was not a fan of the headbangers. No, I have no like affinity with them. I like when they uh, broke the boombox over Road Dog's head because it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, our next contest. But, 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 well, hold on. Before we say, I, I was going to say, but like. Where you had the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys, I felt like they really tried to make the Headbangers like that version with the with the uh, New Age Outlaws, and it just didn't work. So it's funny you said it. it's too bad. There, even though '97's the pivot point to the Attitude Era, and arguably like the best year in company history, I think from a lot of perspectives. Yeah. Um, there's a remnant of talent from that era, from the like late New Generation era. Guys like the Headbangers, who were there. Guys like uh, I can't think of any of them. Had Farouk, nah. Well, but like if that little yellow and blue WWF logo was in the corner, and they yeah, ever yeah. appeared on TV. That you know, it was hard for some to go to Attitude. That's right. Ahmed uh, Johnson comes to mind. Oh, great pick, great representation. Ahmed Johnson is man. Could have been yeah. one half. He's one half of the Sexy Powers. Mm-hmm. The 1996 babyface power team, the Sexy Powers with Shawn Michaels. All right, the number. Look at the random seating on Billionaire Ted, number 29. 
Now, according to the fabulousness stats, he's looking for some uh, WWF generation superstars. The vignettes are kind of funny. The women's shoe gag, where they make fun of Huckster and Nacho Man for being hit with the women's shoe that happened at Super Brawl 6, like a week before that vignette aired, still plays in 2K23 or in the current era, because I watched it the other day and I fucking laughed. But I like Billionaire Ted. His opponent, the number four seed, not Vince McMahon from that Blizzard episode of Monday Night Raw. Now, another sort of personal pick. Not Vince McMahon is a character played by Rod Bartlett, who would just speak in Vince McMahonisms in 1993, which is kind of a blow away. Because that's yes, and he yes, Keith, and he does he he'd say th- he'd say things. Well, this is the last fabulous step, and I'll shop ahead. He'd be like, now, I thought this was a fever dream as a child, Keith. So I used to talk to my brother about this and be like, hey, do you do you remember that time? That guy was on Monday Night Raw, and he was like, Monday Night Raw. And he was like, yeah, I do. And it wasn't until, you know, I became a big nerd and did stuff like podcasts that I even recalled that happening. So it has a lot of sentimental value. Number four seed is a little high, but that was the automation. So the last fabulous step was Urban Legend in the Sea Household. Keith, the floor is yours. Take it. I apologize. I mean, I, Rob Bartlett was a failed experiment from the get-go. Uh, I think one time Vince was in the car with his driver in New York City and he happened to turn on the Imus show. And that's when he heard Rod Bartlett and he said, oh, this guy will be this will be great. Um, I will say that Rod Bartlett does have one of the best moments with in this episode with Gorilla when Gorilla just flat out says, stop, because he just had enough. (laughs) I mean, Bobby wasn't even talking. Rob Bartlett's over there going, and then Gorilla just shouts out, stop, and it's the greatest. So, And keep because, in mind, the, the character of the tournament is is not Vince McMahon. As I know, yes. On Monday Night Raw. So yeah, it's just not, you don't have so, to hold any negative Bartlett stuff against nope, the character. Nope, I'm going strictly with this episode. I'm going to take not Vince McMahon, number four. Nice. Yeah. I freaking love it. And the one thing I will say is that kind of funny deserved a question mark after it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Kind of funny? Uh, that is true. That would have made it much funnier to to see on the show. Um, I also went with Imposter Vince, obviously, because I picked yeah. it, just like Jason Terrell. Plus, he did that friggin' head, the head bob the whole, the whole night. Every time he was on TV, he was going, oh. There's oh. other funny shit that he said, too, that was like, like he got it right. He did. He did do a good Vince impression. Like guys like you, guys like myself, guys like I mean, I don't want to pigeonhole Aaron because he does great shit here on No So. But like guys who like to do like impressions. I mean, yeah, we're all doing kind of our own. Not Vince McMahon sure. from Rob Bartlett. Absolutely. Now, according to our next fabulous stat, the number three seed, <laughs> the powers that be. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, they had a thick New York accent. They dubbed Jeff Jarrett the chosen one. They were a supporter of Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. And due to lack of information, they may be a sentient arm shades of Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget, which is why he, I couldn't find an image of the hand. Shades and of I, Dr. Claw. And I didn't want to waste the time to like take a picture sure. off my TV with my nope. phone, so I just grabbed Dr. Claw. It's the same fucking thing. That you own, that picture of Dr. Claw. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes. I... I uh, 
you know, people have been invested in my Deke for years. Isn't that Deke the name of the cartoon company? That's right, Deke. <laughs> Taking on the number, look at the random oh, seed, the number ah, 30 seed. You, you piece of shit. Nails, oh. the, the fabulous stats say he's also known as the prisoner. He's the mortal enemy of Vince McMahon and was once illegally called Nails on WCW programming, which could have prompted a lawsuit. We've spoke, we talked about Nails. They were, I think Nails was in on both of our December cards for the worst pay-per-view of all time, right? I, I don't even want to see him on this thing now. Wow. I mean, are you, are you really more mortal enemy I mean, of Vince McMahon and of Keithy Langston? How dare you put Nails? <laughs> Nails is, he is on, uh, he's on my Mount Rushmore of people I can do without. He's on the, he's wow. on the list. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. It's an ongoing it's an ongoing gag on uh, Greetings from Allentown or GFA Live, rather, that when we reviewed 1992, the only reason we reviewed – we reviewed early 92 because we were ha- in that big Sid phase, Pete and I. Mm-hmm. And Pete said, after we watched WrestleMania 8, Pete's like, I'm going to keep going because you know what happens the week after WrestleMania 8? I go, what? He goes, the nails promos and vignettes start. And I went – you son of a bitch. Why are you doing this to me? I go, I thought we were friends. I had to suffer through the most idiotic, mind-boggling, incomprehensible. How is it a how is it a heel gimmick? I mean, he was he was saying he was a wrongfully convicted person who was getting beat up by the boss man when the boss man was a heel prison guard as what he came in. It's the dumbest friggin' thing ever um i'm and oh the fact that you have him up against fucking goddamn vince russo you son of a well it's only the powers that be so just think of this if this makes you feel fabulousness i need you to go to boca tea it's just an arm with an accent bro i'm gonna do the rest of the podcast like this in support of my friends the powers that be just because i cannot talk about him in round two i'm gonna go with the powers that be where where'd you go oh you're the arm i'm like where the hell did you go (laughs) i think that's a tremendous choice yeah why he's not a kennedy (laughs) i want to be the powers that be no, if you want my impression of the powers that be, this is it. It's like, all right, listen, we're going to have a match tonight, and it's going to be uh, Sting is going to go up against NWO Sting, and we're going to finally have the res- the resolution or the resolving of this feud over time. Time. You are right. I was definitely doing Kennedy. Bro, go out there and get – Booker T, I want his ass back here, and I want him to go out there and do the job. Oh, look, I can blow the Ultimate Warrior. That guy, that guy in the ring right there is a piece of shit. <laughs> that belt don't mean shit! <laughs> hey, I'm back. All right, get, I, told get to watch the, I told you to watch the video. Get, get rid I, of the nails. I can't look at him anymore. I, 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 too, went with the powers that be. Good. Shocker. Now, Good. the next one I'm particularly proud of because it's some deep-ass polls. Okay. The number 18 seed, I believe. 19, <laughs> excuse me. The number 19 seed is Smooth <laughs> from the powers that be at death of WCW era of WCW. Smooth, wow. the limo driver. Now, let's take, well, let's take a look at the fabulous stats. He was a limo driver, 
Mm-hmm. He often dispensed advice to WCW superstars. Yep. Also a former ice train conductor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smooth was ridiculous. He started off as the cat's limo driver, and Cat would be like, Smooth, I don't know what to book tonight. And he'd be like, let's smooth, let's smooth think about this. He'd be like, how about you book Flying Brian and Wild Man Mark Merrill? Oh, that's genius. And then that sort of became the character. His opponent, the number 14 seed, Shinobi. Take a look at the fabulousness stats. <laughs> Shinobi was Camp Fortnite's hired assassin from, and I'm just quoting the episode of Superstars, the one episode of Superstars he's appear, he appears on, The Orient. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a master question mark of martial arts. He hates chin music because he mm-hmm. loses the chin music. But I heard in the locker room that he also loves jam bands. Uh, Shinobi is. Uh, uh, leading up to WrestleMania 12, there's an episode of Superstars where Camp Cornette wants to punish Shawn Michaels for beating Owen Hart at In Your House Rage in the Cage. And Cornette's like, I brought him in all the way over from Japan. He knows 17 forms of martial arts. He's Shinobi. And Shinobi's like, it's Al Snow. I'll go with Shinobi. Okay. And that's really because I, it is a deep cut. I cannot remember Smooth all that well. So that's okay. I yeah. mean, I was randomly watching 96 stuff, and that's what got, uh, like, a couple weeks ago in February, which was obviously a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I fell for Shinobi instantly and knew that he needed a place on this in this tournament. Sure. I mean, he's that type of character. I also went with the Shobster. Mm-hmm. The next contest, Keith, it might be a no-brainer, but it might be a hard one. The number 11 seed, the Dark Patriot. <laughs> According that, to the, that, that it, it, it's the Dark Patriot. <laughs> now, Keith, I don't know. You say that. <laughs> well, go ahead. Let's hear his Starcade stats. He's an yeah. evil version of the Patriot. He yeah. probably missed work on January 6, 2021, because <laughs> he's the Dark Patriot. He probably did. But positive, he's cooler than Del Wilkes. That you bippy he is. I'm sorry to have to make you make this choice, my son. The number 22 seed. Again, random seeding. <laughs> the ah. Yeti. No, say it right. Oh, well, that's the first fabulousness stat. He's also known as the Yeti. The Yeti. He's a member of the Dungeon of Doom, a hater of Hulkmania, as mm-hmm. Michael Moore would say. And he also moonlights as a super giant ninja that looks like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. This is rough. In this one, there can be no debate. It, there's no debate. It's Dark Patriot all the way. Whoa! Now, that's a dark horse pick. To, I went with the Yeti. Nope. Dark Patriot all the way. I love it. I love it. And, I, and, and yes, going with the Yeti is very obvious. It's, it's, it's multiverse of obviousness. So I love that you picked Dark Patriot. He dresses like a mummy. I know. He doesn't even I, look like a Yeti. A little behind the scenes... Uh, in our last episode in February, we talked about the Dark Patriot, and you revealed to me the Dark Patriot. I I pulled one match on YouTube, and I saw one of the greatest, <laughs> like you know when 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 heels leave the rings for everybody yep. else, when heels leave the ring, and they're like gonna just quit and forfeit. They do the, like yep. I'm done with it. The Dark Patriot did one of the best I'm done with it I've yep. ever seen. Doug I Gilbert. Had re- I had to record my phone screen and send it to Keith. You did, so and ridiculous. I was like, yeah, that's Dark Patriot right there. So I'm a big fan of Dark Patriot. GW, uh, Global Wrestling Federation's own. 
I'm, I'm digging it quite a bit. All right. I love it. I love that it was that easy for you, though, because oh, yeah. that's as easy. It's a tough. It's randomization, and it hurts in the dick sometimes. It's sometimes. Uh, deep pole on this one. Not the first one, though. The number 27 seed. Again, random seeding. Is the Black Scorpion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> His fabulousness stats. He might be a dark magician. He's possibly from Sting's past, question mark. A couple of quotes for you. How about California? It's just weird to hear the Black Scorpion say the word California. And then one video starts with the awkward Sting. How has your week been? Like, <laughs> why is the Black Scorpion asking this? Sting. Uh, Hogwarts alum, question mark? Maybe. Uh, also with a question mark, needs a lozenge. Hello, Sting. 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 Uh, portrayed by Ole Anderson and Ric Flair in yeah. tandem. Uh-huh. Going up against, here comes a real deep hole. The number six seed. Oh, God. Disgraceland. Oh, boy. A character that was uh, turned on to me by uh, T&I Never Dies, the J- Jenny. Jenny Smith, the host of Jenny Position that we recently appeared on last month. Jenny, we love you. Uh, and Aaron George and JT, uh, for TNA Never Dies. Disgraceland, according to Fabulous stats, he's an NWA TNA original. He appears in like the first 10 weeks. I do know that now as a, as a fucking big fan of his. As a devotee. Uh, exactly. He's also known as Luther Biggs Cole, because it kind of sounds like, hey, Luther Reigns Cole. Uh, he lost to Ming. In his WCW name, when he wasn't disgraced, and he's a fat Elvis, by the way, he lost to Ming at the WCW Old Glory Thunder, which is the episode of Thunder that Kevin Nash commentates. Old Glory knee drop that I've seen like a trillion times, so I like that. Uh, unfortunately, he's not Sonny Siaki, which is the coolest member of the Flying Elvises from NWA TNA. Ah. Now, what, is it, what does NWA TNA mean to you as a topic, as a thing? Like the early weekly pay-per-views from the fairgrounds. It's okay. I, yeah, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a huge fan. I'd have to go back and like. I'd have to go back. I'd actually have to listen to the TNA Never Dies to go back and actually remember a lot of what the stuff went on. I mean, the Black Scorpion wins it in this round for me, and the reason being is because it's the same voice as the Shockmaster, and that's just <laughs> that's fabulous in my opinion. It is, and you know, well, I went with the you know, one of the things I love is when a guy gets banned, and then he comes back in a mask. Right. Oh, Flair, Flair wasn't banned, but still. Well, sure, sure. Uh, but he wasn't going to be awarded a title shot because he just lost it. So he That's was right. banned from top contendership. That's he right. tried to go legitimate because at Mountain Madness, the Clash of the Champions before this, he tries to get the U.S. belt from Luger. So mm-hmm. if you rewatch the Black Scorpion in order with the knowledge it's Ric Flair and it's like some Grand Horseman scheme, like somebody should go back and edit in like after the Black Scorpion vignette, the camera pulls out and the horsemen are all there and he's like, oh, yeah. Look what we just did. Woo! When he, like, takes off the thing and he's like, ah, Sting. Oh, we're spending all this money on TV time, but Sting. Oh, we're going to get him. Uh, wow. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. They can do that on the uh, A&E uh, thing of the horseman. Exactly. Or on A&E, young... A&E profile on the horseman. <laughs> when uh, the Black Scorpion gets his own NBC show, they do it on Young Scorp. They can do That's that. That's right. Young Scorp. All right, so right. Disgraceland is done. The Black Scorpion moves. Our next contest. The number seven seed, the black and blue blazer. Uh, let's take a look at the fabulousness stats. He has an overly descriptive name. He's comically inefficient when interfering on behalf of Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. 
Uh, he's just overall an overt buffoon. However, he has some sweet digs, his mm-hmm. costume rules. It's a Coco Beware as, as the Blue Blazer. Very random deep pull. His opponent, oh. an even deeper pull, the number 26 <laughs> Yes. The WWF Mystery Man. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the fabulousness stats. Now, the Mystery Man is a character who appeared on Superstars for a few weeks and randomly fought off heels that were doing bad things, usually. Uh, he looks like Starman from the NES video game that's just called Pro Wrestling. Because uh, he's wearing some armor and a star mask. He attacked the earthquake, which technically makes Mystery Man an international man of mystery. And he was never unmasked and his true identity never revealed on television. Of course, we know it's Brutus of Barber Beefcake trying to protect your neck with the face protector. Um, I believe the Mystery Man's name was the Mariner. Actually. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And that's right. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this. Uh, but Brutus Beefcake played cards at my the house that I rented when I like lived with my brother in Woburn, Massachusetts. But I hadn't moved there yet. And there was because Brutus Beefcake for a while lived in Massachusetts and he was selling windows for New Pro Window, which is a, uh, I believe, a New England based uh, window company. And um, he used to hang out because my brother was roommates with one of the guys that worked at New Pro and he would come and play cards at my house poker. And when he would go on his sales calls as Ed Leslie, he would bring his in his in his folder or whatever he had uh you know headshots from when he was Brutus Beefcake and if somebody went aren't you right it's the Baba Beefcake he would go yes would you like an autograph um so therefore anytime that brother Brutai uh makes an appearance on my screen even though Coco Beware looks phenomenal in those pants because they're like right. pulled up, they're pulled up to his to basically where his boobs would stop. <laughs> it's the appropriate amount for Coco. I'm gonna say the Mariner in this one because the mere fact that he was he, they they were trying to get that over as a gimmick, I think. Whereas right. the black and blue blazer was definitely just a as you said an overt buffoonery. So uh, yeah. I'm going with the Mariner or the Mystery Man in this case. Well, here's the thing. I can't go back and change history, Keithy. But the pick in my heart right now is the Mariner. Because I'd forgotten that he had a superhero-esque name. Yeah. But I I did go with the Black and Blue Blazer. That's fine. Hey, that's perfectly all right. I want to thank you for making me remember that it's the Mariner. (laughs) You're welcome. Because what a fucking stupendous character of fabulous this. Well, the fact that he has the Starman mask is just glorious. So, yeah. And the sign-off catchphrase we use, winner is, you know, I'm Johnny C, he's Keithy Langston, and winner is you. That comes from the NES game Pro Wrestling. It's what it says on screen when you win a match. Winner is you. like, all your base are belong to us. So, (laughs) god damn it, why didn't I pick... All your base are belong to us. Yeah, the original meme. Who remembers that? Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep on trucking. Uh, the number 23 seed, according to the <laughs> Fabulous Stats, is Vic Venom. He's the editor-in-chief of WWF Magazine. Uh, he's got a strong knowledge of video store management techniques. <laughs> yes. He has a mid-'90s Superman-esque mullet, as you can see in this picture. Mm-hmm. But he's a known Mac. Mock. 
I think he's also the only guy who gets on here twice as different characters. Mm, okay. It is Vince Russo as Vic Venom. Uh, taking on the number 10 seed. Oh. Santa Claus. According to the Fabulous and Stats, he betrayed Savio Vega. He's got a sweet theme song, which I stand behind. Uh, a pun-based existence makes me smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, look at the brand synergy, Keith. There's potential here for the Santa Claus character to be sold to NBC Universal and join the Violent Night Cinematic Universe that they own. So all day long, number ten. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. Do you do you like? I mean. In terms of fabulousness, Xanta doing it for you? Absolutely. That's a big one. It's the a black big and one. Red, I... The black and red suit. The fact that he looks like McFoley. South Pole. Exi- you know, <laughs> yep. from the South Pole. That's and right. You, I mean, are you familiar with this theme music? Yeah. Okay. All I, right. I was oh. I was alive during that period. I haven't been doing your bracket. Oh, Mariner and Santa Claus. That's the only yeah. one. All right. Now there's only. God, I can't believe we've come to this. There's only two more fresh matchups that contain fabulousness stats, Keith. Okay. The number 15 seed, Man Cow. Are you familiar with Man Cow? Unfortunately, yes. According to the fabulousness stats, he's undefeated in WCW competition. Not only that, he's undefeated at pay-per-views with a record of 2-0. and He's a Chicago-based shock jock, shades of Howard Stern. Yep. He believed Al Gore should concede because when he appears at Mayhem in November, he's like, I think Al Gore should concede because George W. Bush won the election. Which, like, it's fine. I just, it's hilarious that it lives for infamy that he's, that's his thing, big thing. His song goes, Man Cow, free speech, Man Cow. So he's a free speech. However, he has a known associate that's named Turd. Because a guy named Turd comes down to ringside and second him, as Art Donovan would say. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a suck at! His opponent in the number 18 seed, the Johnsons from NWA TNA episodes one and two. They're NWA TNA originals. They are the living embodiment of penises. And uh, the characters formerly bullied their manager, Mortimer Plumtree, who you can see in the middle there. And uh, they're two giant men uh, that are dressed like penises, and that's what the character is supposed to be to mock them. I think they look great. I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that there's, yeah, I'm going to go with two penises. Why not? Wow, you're going with the Johnsons. I was going to say, man, ha- man, Cal. There's only one shock jock for me. No, for sure. Now look, I, I'm not I'm not supporting Mancal the person. Like if he's insane, was, I, he, really, I, was he really two and zero? Yeah, he beat Jimmy Hart twice at Mayhem and he, at um, Bash of the Beach 2000 or no, Scott Spring Stampede 2000. I'm sorry, and Mayhem 2000. The only reason I have a big place in my heart for Mancal is um, I'm a big fan of the reboot episode of Nitro, and almost every time I watch it, I end up watching Spring Stampede 2000, and Mancal's on it, and it's so dumb. Mm. Like, it's the reason the tournament of the, the March Fabulousness exists is shit like Mancal. So I went with Mancal. Okay. The, you know, the Johnsons don't have the impact to me that Mancal had, but no. the Johnsons is never wrong. Never wrong. Right, yeah. No, I, I yeah, no. But, okay. I'm with you. Our final first-round matchup, Keith, it's come to this, what the world has come to. The number 31 seed, the Kiss <laughs> 
demon. <laughs> He's married to Asia. He completed Asia. Asia. He competed in the hilarious graveyard match at Bash of the Beach 2000. However, his real name is Dale. Dale. Which, which might not bode well for the tournament. His opponent and the final character to be revealed in the tournament of fabulousness. I agree with the randomization here. The number two seed, the rep master, PN News. He won a scaffold, according to the fabulousness stats, last time I'll be able to say it. He won a scaffold match via flag capture. He's a meme-worthy wordsmith. Take any rap he did in front of a live crowd, put it on social media, and it's meme-worthy. However, flip side, the lyrics are okay with mom and dad. So yep. Let's sell some PN News dolls. And in 1991, he was ranked 86th in the PWI 500. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty high for a rap master named PN News. God, this guy did nothing with his life, did he? Um, it's rap versus rock as a as a side effect. I didn't realize that until just now. Oh my God. Um, as far as fabulousness goes, I have to go with the Kiss Demon because of the implication of how he came to be. That they were really going to try to do like an extended thing with Kiss. Yes. And then that just all fell apart. So I'm going to go with the Kiss demon in this one. All right. And folks, that ends the bracketing portion of the tournament of fabulousness in terms of new brackets. Now, Keith, can you see your official tournament bracket <laughs> I, in the I, present? I, yes, I can. All right. So <laughs> uh, whatever website this is, I don't like endorse it. It's just fucking... It it Free. worked. It, it, fit right. its, it fit its purpose. So, <clears throat> okay. In the first round, or in the second round, now we're going to probably go through these a little bit quicker since we don't need to really introduce the characters anymore. However, in the uh, fucking, what do they call it? The Sweet 16? Yeah. Glacier versus NWO Sting. Thoughts? This is yours, right? This is yours. I didn't pick Arachnaman, I picked the Maestro. I made a mistake. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you also pick Waylon Mercy? No, I didn't because I like Waylon Mercy and I don't want to, and I don't want to torment him. So, you know, everybody else is there. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. You All picked right, Puerto Rico? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Sorry. All right. I, All right. I got confused there, but yes, I did. I, I apologize. All right. Cool. So if I'm going with Glacier or the NWO Sting, I'm going to say the NWO Sting. All right, the NWO Sting makes it to the Elite Eight. That's huge because he didn't get out of my first round. Uh, for me, I got Fantasio and Colonel DeClerc. And uh, Elite Eight, we got Colonel DeClerc moving on. Okay. Oz in the Maestro. Oz. I'm going to have NWO Whites fight each other. Wow, the NWO explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Oz and Arachnaman. I do whatever an Arachna can. And okay. I went with Arachnaman. All right. Up next, the Puerto Rican team taking on SmackDown's number one announcer, Funaki. Uh, Funaki. All day. Ooh, I went with the Puerto Rican team. Okay. All right. The Fly Nuns taking on the imposter Vince McMahon. Imposter Vince. I, too, chose uh, Announcer Vince. versus announcers. Wow. <laughs> SmackDown versus Raw. <laughs> That's so true. I've got a couple of... Um, uh, imposter a, a couple of fictional variants in that round because i've got imposter vince versus puerto rican team which neither one's real so i like that that's good the power bro the powers that be are taking on shinobi uh the powers that be i too went with the powers that be nice 
All right. Up next, we've got, uh, well, you've got, yeah, we both have, and this to me is a dream match. No, 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 no. I don't have the Yeti. I have Dark Patriot. I know. Patriot. Yeah, I all right, the all wrong right. one. Uh, oh, well, so it's different. So to oh. me, it's a dream match as well. It's a dream match for both of us. You have the Forces of Darkness, the Dark Patriot, and the Black Scorpion. The evil powers explode. I probably should have thought of something funnier than the evil powers, but I said it anyway. This is, this is, uh, ride or die, Dark Patriot. I love that you went with your heart, like, because that's how much the, because you're, I got a feeling here, Keith, the Puerto Rican team is your, my Puerto Rican team is your Dark Patriot. I think you might be right. <laughs> and that's and that is what the turn both years the tournaments of fabulousness have been all about. Yep. I went with. I really wish that that was the final though. Was Dark Patriot Black Scorpion? It, it's the it's it's a random seating. Uh, Black Scorpion that's, seated. At the you know what that is right there? That's Bret Hart, Mister Perfect, at the King of the Ring '93 when it was like a semifinal match. For sure. And it it's was so, the best match of the night. It's your Sophie's choice. Everybody has one each year, and you yep. just had yours. Yep. Uh, all right. Up next, I, I went with the Scorpion. Oh, I, I went with, uh, oh, you did? Okay. Over the over the Yeti, though. Oh, yeah. I had okay. him over the Yeti. Yeah. Um, I'm the gonna Mariner go... and Xanta. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my God. Right? Another one. Back to back. The Mariner. Oh, the Mariner. The Mystery Man. I went with, I had Black and Blue versus Xanta. I went with Xanta. Um, all right. Final of the Elite Eight. My, my, my man, Cal, free speech. No, you picked the Johnsons. I did, but it's Kiss Demon. Kiss yeah, Demon? So, yeah, over the Johnsons, yes. All right, yeah. I had Man, Cal, and PN News. Yeah. I went with Man, Cal, free speech. All right. All right, so uh, the Elite Eight. Yeah, 32, Sweet 16, Elite Eight. You got NWO. Wow. True divergence. For you, we've got NWO Sting taking on Oz. For me, we've got Colonel DeClerc and Arachnaman. Keith, you're on the clock. Uh, Oz. The NWO explodes and Kevin Nash comes out on top. Well, if you saw this, Johnny, isn't the fabulousness yeah, Final Four? It's come to payday? No, Kevin. I don't have any money. No, no man. I'm talking about like the, the, the peanuts. The you mean like a nice glass bottle of wine, maybe? Parapino yeah, with payday? Uh, I went Come with on, bro. my first member of the final four in your house in February of 97, Arachna man, Arachna man. Jesus. He does whatever okay. an Arachna can. Wow. Okay. Know, right? He defeated <laughs> Colonel DeClerc. SmackDown's number one announcer, Funaki, taking on imposter Vince McMahon for a spot in the final four. Look, if Funaki makes it, I'm calling it the dark horse of the tournament. Because he lost in the Sweet 16 for me. I I, I want to go with... Logically, I want to say Funaki, but I'm going to go with Imposter Vince. Right, it's one... It's, it's just yeah. so... He's so bad. <laughs> now, I have a Sophie's Choice here. Um, yes. We talked about how Imposter Vince was my version of Jason Taruskin. Mm -hmm. Well, one of my versions, Jason Taruskin. I thought it was a myth. I thought it didn't exist, Keith. Um, but in my bracket, he's taken on the Puerto Rican team, which is my oh. dark patriot. So, yep. man versus the Puerto Rican team in my first Final Four matchup. Let's finish out your Final Four. The powers that be... Well, I think we already know the answer. But yeah. for all the listeners, the powers that be versus the dark patriot. 
Dark Patriot, ride or die. Uh, I went with the sure. I went with the powers that be, but I think I think our listeners are starting to see the pattern. Mm -hmm. The Mariner, a fucking amazing that he got this far. The The Mariner, Mariner, the mystery man taking on the Kiss Demon. I again, we're completely different. You first. The Mariner. The Mariner makes the final four. (laughs) Unbelievable gorilla. Uh, let's say it was by count out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. But that's what this, that's what is fabulousness about this. <clears throat> yep. I had Santa Claus and man cow. Uh, no, I didn't. I had, uh, yeah, I did. And Santa Claus ends the man cow reign. Oh, so my final members of the final four, the powers that be versus Santa Claus. Let's see if we have any, we have a, com- we have completely different final fours. We do. Just to recap, Oz and Imposter, Vince McMahon, Rod Bartlett, and Keithies, and the Dark Patriot, and the Mystery Man, the Mariner, who I think is going to ha- see a pop culture revival due to this podcast, I'm hoping. I hope so, um, too. My final four, and you know what I love about this, Keith? Yeah. I feel like yours is less obvious than mine. And I feel okay. like since I always go for the obvious jokes, yeah. I love how different yours is. Mine's <laughs> Arach- Arachnaman. The Puerto yeah. Rican team, yeah. the powers that be in Santa Claus. But are you? I think you like Santa. Yeah. Okay, so you're glad he's there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me just finish my tournament so we can focus only on you. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Puerto Rican team beats Arachnaman. Zanta beats the powers that be. The final is the Puerto Rican team versus Santa Claus. Given a Johnny C, you guys should have seen this coming. The winner, the Puerto Rican team. The <laughs> fictional Puerto Rican team. That, that was never seen nor heard from. It's a concept, and it wins. Now, I want to give you the full final floor. Like, okay. I, I and I and I do want to apologize to the audience for having to like introduce the stats. It's just once a year I like to shock my partner. That's you know? okay. And, and 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 you know, so I'm enjoying it, and I'm sure everybody else is as well. All right. Match number one. The floor is yours. Why don't you key us up? Tell us who you got. Take the. the, the it's yours. So we have the man from Oz, managed by the wizard, Oz. And how, what does he say? Welcome to Oz. <laughs> um, going up against, huh? They have a monkey. He has That's a monkey right. on a leash. Welcome to Oz. He's trying to, welcome to Oz. Going up against, Hodo, 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 Imposter Vince McMahon, a.k.a. Raw Bartlett for that one episode of Monday Night Raw he hosted. Uh, that he hosted as Imposter Vince. He was on Monday Night Raw for far too long. Anyway, in this, I am going to have to say that even though Oz performs not only the Snake Eyes as well as a jackknife powerbomb, Imposter Vince somehow ekes out a victory into the final two. (laughs) It's the definition of fabulousness. (laughs) No one thinks about it. Nobody cares about it. It means nothing to yes. anyone, and it means everything to everyone. Because there are enough people out there that that enjoy the kitsch and the oh yeah the side of the road part of professional mm-hmm. wrestling. Now, your other final four, I'm wondering, Keith, I feel like you've revealed a couple things in this podcast, and one of them is our last month's topic, love. I feel love from you talking about the Dark Patriot and the Mariner. How do you choose between your two children? I, you 
You brought them both back to pop culture relevancy. Two children. I mean, I mean, I just have to go a little bit more into this because yes, all- as I, I explained to you my my reason why I love Brutus Beefcake and Brother Brudeye, um, for years I have made the jokes that Brutus Beefcake was the one who uh, would receive and perform sexual favors for Hulk Hogan. Then I heard the true story as to why that rumor happened. Do you know the true story? I mean, I don't know. I, I no, I don't know the so, validity of it. So one night, because this was asked by asked to Hogan, I believe, on like Bubba the Love Sponge, and Hogan said that one night, uh, Linda Hogan had come down the stairs, and Brutus was staying over with his girlfriend at the time, who happened to have blonde hair, and she was performing oral pledges on Brutus Beefcake in the living room, and Linda Hogan saw this and thought that it was Hulk. <laughs> so. All these years where people thought that Brutus was the one who was the submissive character in this relationship, it was actually Flipskies and actually Hogan is the one that was supposedly performing favors on Brutus Beefcake. Uh, With that being said, he is the ultimate Hulk Hogan stooge, but there is no way on God's green earth that anybody is coming over Dark Patriot and Eddie Gilbert's little brother... Doug Gilbert, the Dark Patriot, all day, ride or die. Uh, a battle of masked men as well. Absolutely. And the way that this ends is the Dark Patriot goes out in the back, gets IRS's briefcase, and hits the Mariner in the face with it. <laughs> Absolutely. What I love about your finals, Keith, is that you have two <laughs> so imposters. You have two imposters. You have two characters. We talked about this. That's Char- right. Characters that have evil versions. Yes. You've, you've gotten there. I did. I mean, you might as well say Dark Vince. God, what if they just fucking decide not to fight and just walk away hand in hand? But no, there can only be there can be only one winner. Keith. Who will join the Puerto Rican team on the tournament of fabulousness, March fabulousness round two, version two? What the world has come to. Um, I believe that the world has come to the man who was there on January sixth. Dark Patriot. <laughs> Doug Gilbert. A... Dark Patriot takes the cake. My God, the Dark Patriot. My God Almighty. The Dark Patriot <laughs> the Dark era has begun. I mean, but let me just explain a little bit about the Dark Patriot and the reason why. It's... When I was growing up, um, I loved reading Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Inside Wrestling, like, what was the other one? Like, Wrestling, The Wrestler, or whatever it was. Like, whatever the magazines were that were, like, the Bill After magazines. Yeah. And for some bizarre reason, they always showcased Global Wrestling Federation. And Easy Dark... Access, probably. Yeah, and Doug Gilbert was all over Global. Like, he was everywhere. Like, he was all over it more than Eddie was. And that was the thing that I loved, is that... Eddie Gilbert's the talent. Dark Eddie Gilbert is he's the Brett, and Doug Gilbert is the is the Keith Hart. Not not Owen, because I think Owen's extremely talented, but he's the Keith Hart, and that is exactly what it is. I think that it, it's Doug, Doug the Dark Patriot was all I could think about. I mean, I I took an Owen Hart, I had an extra Owen Hart Hasbro figure. And I got some house paint and I painted his face so that he had a mask on. And I had a dark Patriot. I didn't even have a Patriot. I had a dark Patriot. Dude, I love that. Like, like I'm, I'm look, this is all about being stupid and funny. However, yeah. I love, I love that 
because everybody who has this level of fandom about stuff has that sort of interaction. Like you made your own dark Patriot figure, sans Patriot figure. Yep. And you, you mentioned, you know, you talked about him last month and it got him on the tournament and here he is. He's your winner. He's my I winner. Love, I love that the tournament had a little something for everybody. <laughs> um, I love that the dark Patriots, um. your random dude that you just love. Cause everybody has to have a random dude. They love uh, a random he character. He is my random dude. And I love that you went and looked him up on, oh, sure. uh, on like YouTube and you were like, Holy shit. <laughs> He's the best. It's one of the best. I've mm-hmm. done here's I've ever seen. Sure. And you've opened up, you know, the Ark of the Covenant burned those Nazis, but it showed yep. me the light of the Mariner. Sure. <laughs> All right. Everyone should, uh, everyone should, for that brief run in 91, every brief run, brief run in 91, everybody should appreciate the Mariner. I love how you act like me saying the Mariner is amazing. It's like the most obvious thing anyone's ever said. You're like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, Hello. No, but I mean, that was a huge deal when he came in and he saved. He saved Greg the Hammer Valentine in that picture right. he had against Earthquake. Yeah, on the road to Mania 7. That's, that's not right. the hammer. Or somebody says, that's not the hammer. That's not the hammer. Uh, or is it the hammer? <laughs> the winner is you. And the winner is you. Like, I just... Uh, look, I... I <laughs> I, I feel str- I've, I feel strung out. I've been fucking laughing. My I had a lot of fun with this. So show. do you think the sequel lived up to the hype of the original? I I do. I had a lot of fun with the first one because it was uh you know it was it was random moments. Oh, which- and the moments you had were fantastic moments. I mean, because again, one of the things that I love about your brand of humor that you bring to this is the deep deep cuts that you pull like like i was explaining to you earlier you went with the sid getting hit in the face with the shaving cream and then Mm -hmm. you went with sid driving to the to raw in 1995 as hitting the trash can and it was like it's the (laughs) because i remember like it's psycho it's just so stupid it's so good it was such a great thing and i remember seeing that and being like what the hell is he doing (laughs) right and uh yeah jake picked a hell of a winner last year um i don't want to spoil it for anybody but it was uh you know his you had the battle of the imposters i will say jake had the battle of um of lines like his things mm-hmm. were the things his always yep. his things that always one were quotes as opposed to moments yeah uh yep. and of course jason taruskin if you don't get the reference fucking look it up or while seriously i mean that's a deep cut and then of course you had the uh the some yeah no I, I, anybody everybody should if they haven't already listened to it go back and listen to it it was it was by far one of the best hours of podcast radio <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for allowing me to indulge in the the, the Starcade stats. That's that's one I've been looking to burn for a while. I don't think I'll be talking about Starcade ninety or the Black Scorpion for a while. I'll try not to, because I also don't want to get stale. And a lot of these character references allowed me allowed me to purge a bunch of jokes that I've been keeping in, so I can so move on to better material. Colonel the Clerk. Colonel, yeah, I mean Colonel the Clerk's funny, but like <laughs> you know, I need to I need to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll notice. Uh, there's a glaring omission in our multiverse of fabulousness history from this tournament, and that's Kato. But I still think it's funny anyway. I mean, it's fun. It's it's funny, but I think I've I think I've beat it to the ground. No, because you know what? He's not a he's not a character. He was an actual legit deal. It's right. it's funny because when you first started talking about characters, I was thinking you were going to come with like Duke the Dumpster Drossy, IRS, the Gambler. No, you didn't have any of those. You went with 
total batshit crazy characters. <laughs> yeah, there's a rung, like, you know what, Keith? I think you've just given me the best way I can explain this show. You know, there's gold, silver, and bronze when it comes to things. It's the same thing in pro wrestling. There's gold standard storylines, silver standard, bronze standard. Um, we're that fabulousness is that tier that's right underneath bronze. Yep. Because Duke the Dumpster Drosy is bronze. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imposter Vince, that's fat. The Dark Patriot, the Puerto Rican team, that's fabulousness. All right. That's right. That's right. And there's so much like that out in the multiverse. Yep. Um, I'm emotionally exhausted. I think, unless you have anything you'd like to say about the tournament of fabulousness, maybe we could, uh, you know, here, maybe we should plug some of your stuff for us, you know, here in March. Oh, sure. Um, uh, well, I mean, let's see. I think mostly you can hear uh, you can hear me on. Of course, you can always hear me on GFA Live. That's uh, streaming on any any streaming services: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, uh, SoundCloud. And uh, you can also that's with me and Petey, and we do that every week. I uh, usually drops on the weekends at one point. Um, whenever, whenever you say Petey, I can't help but think of American Pie too, and I shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, fucking he's not, PD. He's not that PD. <laughs> Although sometimes he acts like that PD. No, um, and then and I have huge balls. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he plays the rusty trombone. Um, but then I think no, and then also you can hear me on um all over the North South Connection, all over place to be. Uh, whether it's the pop of the wrestling feed, um, I do a lot of the making Mount Rushmores on the pace to be pop feed. I do. I'm always showcasing my vocal talents on the pop video jukebox song of the day that's on the Place to Be Nation pop feed. And uh, North-South Connection, the Noso Cronoso. <laughs> and then uh, also the Multiverse of Fabulousness. And uh, every now and then I uh, join on with Jenny and we do like Pluto TV or we do something like that. And then if anybody out there is interested, there's a... There's a I'm actually going to be doing a project soon that... Um, Probably when this drops, I'll have already had at least one or two. It's on the stream lounge. And uh, me and my friend Derek are going to we're going to rewatch all of 1991 Clash of the Champions and then the pay-per-views. And we're going to just basically do rewatches and talk about WCW's, the clashes and all the pay-per-views from 91, because I think we genuinely like that year. And it gets a lot of shit for a lot of what happened. But there's very distinct separate things that happened in 91 so we're going to start that up on stream lounge which is a great service if anybody out there hasn't used it yet that is the year um 1991 is a great year if you read the wcw marvel comic book that existed all 12 issues it's kind of takes that timeline where he it starts with heel luger is the champion yeah and then and then it weaves its own fictional narrative uh but uh i I love i reread those Marvel comics as much as I get, but that's a great year to pull from. You get some sweet fucking things like wildfire, Tommy rich coming out for match two. I mean, he was in a tournament of fabulousness. I, yep. I like that quite a bit. I will try to uh, invite myself to at least one episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in all seriousness though, anything here on North South, I mean, you know, we're on YouTube now we are, you're listening to this podcast. If you are check out the YouTube version, I mentioned already to get all the stats, uh, wrestling war zone, um wrestling war uh fucking uh clotheslines and headlines aaron's content uh you know random stuff he ranked god i remember last month he ranked the uh the wrestlemania main events he did a tier list just all kinds of fun stuff that's youtube exclusive and of course all the podcasts you podcasts you've come to expect um 
but yeah, I enjoyed that ranking of WrestleMania tiers quite a bit. Um, probably why it's still in my head because I lo- I'm a sucker for ranking videos like that. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously why I did Tournament of Fabulousness. And then just a cheap plug from my own personal podcast feed, the new TNN. Uh, I have a show called Ringman where I talk about wrestling. A show named Junkman where I talk about bad movies. And a show named Toadman uh, where I reviewed chronologically Dawson's Creek with a different uh, professional wrestling caricature co-hosting with me each week. <laughs> I think when this airs, the latest episode would have been featuring uh, Jim Trombone, mm. who is uh, like Jim Cornet. Like Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette, Jim Trombone. Jim Cornette, yeah. I, and he just he <laughs> all he does is speak in um, nonsense. And uh, you know, so if you, just you know, with this type of entertainment brand of podcast hosting, mm-hmm. don't take it too seriously. But I can when necessary, like I did on Starcade '97. But I'm done. I feel like a whore, chilling my shit. We're all whores. We are, but we're not only whores, Keith. No. We're also Johnny C. That's right. And Keithy Langston. Mm-hmm. And you know what you are? The winner a is win- you. A winner. Because a winner is you. The winner is you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the tournament for March Fabulousness Volume 2. We will see you next month. And also, put it in your Google machines. We'll see you next March for Multiverse uh, March Fabulousness Three. Bigger, better, sadder. Sadder. Somehow it'll be sadder. Yeah, somehow. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.